You're listening to Nest Talk, the best and most elite Baltimore Ravens podcast on the internet. Now, here's your host, Christopher Linfont. Ladies and gentlemen of the Ravens flock, my name is Christopher Linfont, bringing you another episode of the Nest Talk podcast, the best and most elite Baltimore Ravens podcast on the entire internet. But you already know that. That's why you're here. Uh, Nest Talk episode 42 is being recorded uh, here on August 31st, 2019. Late at night, I know. I'm sorry about that. It's going to get out uh, September 1st, Sunday. But I could not record on Friday, the usual day, because we have some major Ravens news coming in today and today only. So we're going to get to that right away here as we start off this episode. So, obviously, today, of course, again, August 31st here, this Saturday, uh, big day in Ravens country, and that's because the Ravens made all of their cuts today, and, of course, yesterday, too, but we weren't going to talk about half the cuts, less than half the cuts, actually, that happened yesterday. We were going to wait, you know what, Ravens flock, we were going to wait until today to make these, uh, uh, to make this podcast, um... And, you know, it's a difficult day for a lot of people in, in the Ravens here, former Ravens here being cut, being placed on injured reserve. I get it. I know it. Um, the NFL is a very tough league. It's 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 heartbreaking. In all honesty, I mean, I don't want to get off topic here too quickly because you know me, guys. You know I always get off topic. That's just how I roll here. Um, but I got to say a little something here. 32 players were cut. Five were placed on the injured reserve. That's 37 guys off the roster in a span of 48 hours, and that's heartbreaking. I get it. Not everybody can play in the NFL, but, I mean, to think about some of these guys who, who go through peewee football, high school football, college football, all with the same goal in mind, the goal of making the NFL, of, of being an NFL talent, that can produce for a team, win a championship, all these things, and to not make it on a roster. And a lot of these guys, rookies, may never get another shot in reality. Or, or some people here who've tried out a few times before and just haven't found their niche on an, any team. It, it's heartbreaking. And, you know, you know, this is an NFL podcast, but the XFL coming in next year, I hope it gives a lot of these kind of guys opportunities that they can't get in the NFL. To play football professionally, it's not easy. It's not easy at all. I mean, and just going on, as we extend this prologue here, going on to Andrew Luck, because I have to talk about Andrew Luck here, obviously. It's, it's kind of annoying to me he retired the day after my podcast was recorded because, you know, holy moly, that's news. That's the biggest retirement we've seen since Barry Sanders here. You know, I saw people calling Andrew Luck soft for retiring. And, and ask, ask yourself this question. If you seriously think Andrew Luck is soft... For retiring early, 29. Have you ever gone through what these NFL players do? I don't care how much money they're being paid. You have the right to retire at any age you want, at any time you want. And especially for a guy like Andrew Luck, who's gone through all these injuries. And he made the NFL. And he got in the NFL. He was an NFL superstar. I get it. Right? But going back to these guys, they're not NFL superstars. They sacrifice their bodies their mind, their time, everything for this game. They come up short. It's just tragic. It really is tragic. And I'm sorry if I'm putting a little damper on this episode here. I mean, really, but 
you gotta say at least thanks to these guys for trying so hard and giving the Ravens their best here because all of these guys who who didn't make this roster really tried their best. It it, it was their best effort that they could have made, and they they just weren't good enough, unfortunately. And it happens. Ninety guys go in, fifty three come out. We all know how it works. Doesn't make it uh, any less tragic. But um, before I. We get into these cuts. I, I, again, I hate to keep getting off topic. The cuts are going to be the main talk of today. We're not going to talk about the preseason game against the Redskins because what's the point? Because we're, we're only really talking about these cuts here. That's all that matters in the end of the preseason. Um, I do want to touch Kerry Vedvik here. What just happened with the Vikings? I mean, there's two sides of the story that I think we have to point out here. Number one, Kerry Vedvik going to the, to the Vikings and missing... Three out of four field goals in the preseason after making 11 out of 12 for the Ravens. I don't think it's Vedvik. I think there's something up with the Vikings because there is no way you just get bad over an, over a single night like that. It's just not possible. Either he got injured or the Vikings special teams unit was not on par. The holder, the long snap or something. Because when he's with us, the Wolfpack, the best in the league, he nails everything. He nailed everything. When he goes to the Vikings, who've had kicking issues for years, their kicker Carlson, they cut, went to the Oakland Raiders this past year in training camp and makes like everything now for them. So I don't think it's him. I think it's seriously the Vikings. And if they're going to give up a fifth-round pick for a guy you dump after a bad preseason, I mean, I get it. He might not be your kicker, but he could have at least punted and you gave up a fifth-round pick for him. That's just sad. That's a poorly run organization. I have a lot of respect for Mike Zimmer. But that is that is a poor decision-making team right there, right now. And they've got a lot of problems. I'm sorry. I, I, I really like Mike Zimmer as a coach. They've got players I really like in Adam Thielen and, and Stephon Diggs. But to go out and pay Kirk Cousins $88 million fully guaranteed when you could have kept Teddy Bridgewater and paid him like $12 million for... What you got out of Cousins last year, the same darn play it would have been. To spend a fifth-round pick on a kicker-slash-punter that you cut? I don't care how bad he did in the preseason. You just wasted a fifth-round pick. You didn't even tie any conditions to it. How stupid of a move. And I don't think it's Vedvik's fault either. I think it's mainly on the Vikings, and I'm really disappointed that Vedvik... Of all the teams he went to, it was a team that squandered his talent. Because he should be. What we saw in Baltimore, he should be a starting kicker or punter in this league. But the Vikings special teams unit can't get anything together. And they basically squander their time with Kerry Vedvik. And I'm sorry it happened to him. I hope he finds somewhere else to go. Comes back to Baltimore next year. Proves himself again, maybe, for another team. Because this is going to set him back. And I again, I don't think it's his fault. There's a lot of talk. I've been listening to some Vikings fans speaking, some Vikings people. They think it might be the holder himself because it's not just Vedvik. It's other kickers come in here, don't do well, leave, and then do well somewhere else. It's not just Vedvik. And then to blame it on Vedvik like Mike Zimmer seems to have been doing. Just stupid. Just stupid. Um... But yeah, I mean, it's kind of Ravens news, kind of not. You know, free. I mean, it's a free fifth round pick. That's the other side of this. We fleeced the Vikings. That's all I can say. We fleeced them. You know, it was stupid to give up a fifth round pick for him. 
and then just get rid of him. If you were going to view him as a long-term project and build around him on your special teams unit, fine. But if you weren't planning for that, what are you what are you doing? That's what it looked like at first. It looked like at first they were going to go out and basically just give him everything he needed on special teams. And then they just say, nope, not getting anything at all. Deal with that. Whatever. It's the Vikings for you. But anyway... Moving into the cuts, as we've already spent about eight minutes rambling on about the Vikings in this Ravens podcast, it's the wrong purple team here, we got to talk about the cuts. And I think we're just going to go down the list here. Uh, this list was made chronologically as it started yesterday morning with the release of kicker Elliot Fry, former Orlando Apollo and South Carolina Gamecock. Obviously, Elliot Fry was not going to make this roster no matter what he did because Justin Tucker is pretty much the best kicker to ever play statistically and it's not even close I saw a graphic on Twitter like he's like a Frankenstein kicker with accuracy and kick power and everything else he just trumps every other kicker that's ever played basically in all the stats so I mean you know I've had people tell me he's not the best kicker to ever play and I get it you know a lot of people think it's Vinatieri but statistically speaking he's better than Vinatieri those are just facts I'm going to leave that with you. Tell me in the comments whether you, you know you want to bust down my door and tell me Vinatieri is better. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to imagine most of you won't because you're all probably Ravens fans anyway and you're going to agree with me because you're biased, which I don't mind. But coming from a perspective that's unbiased, you're trying to be as unbiased as possible. Justin Tucker is statistically speaking the best kicker in the league. You can argue all you want, but it's, it's, it's not true if you tell me it's not. Anyway... Elliot Fry is, is, is released here. South Carolina Gamecock. He had some good kicks, I think. I mean, there's talk that Joe Douglas, the former Ravens uh, Turk, as you might know him from Hard Knocks, the first Hard Knocks season, Ravens assistant um, in the, the front office. I don't remember exactly what his position was, but he was high up in the Ravens front office for years. Got plucked um, by the, the Jets. This past offseason, although I believe he was in Philadelphia for a little bit before going to the Jets. Tremendous, tremendous talent evaluator, there's no question. A lot of talk that the Jets might go pick him up on waivers tomorrow. I could totally see it. Elliot Fry proved pretty much to be a decent kicker. The Jets need a kicker. Other teams might need a kicker. Fry, I think, you know, coming to the Ravens, knew he wasn't going to make this team, but felt it was his best opportunity to make another team by impressing here. And I think he did that. I don't know if he did it enough because of how short his time was with Kerry Vedvik leaving halfway through the preseason. Um, we'll see what Fry can do. Um, if he lands on another team, hopefully it's a little better than what Vedvik did. Um, and I wish him the best. I think it was it was smart to come to Baltimore and help him out for a little bit. And But he obviously knew he wasn't going to make this team. Everybody knew it. No surprise here. And it was fitting he was the first one cut so that he could be picked up on waivers pretty quickly. Uh, good move there by Eric DaCosta. Uh, Jalen Smith, the wide receiver out of Louisville, Lamar Jackson's former buddy. Um, you know, Jay, the thing about Jalen Smith is he didn't really make enough plays this preseason, I think, to really merit, um, to merit any sort of roster talks. Um, I mean, he had the chemistry with Lamar Jackson, I think that was apparent, but he wasn't good enough to overtake either Seth Roberts or Julio Scott because that's what it came down to. Both those guys made the roster. At points in this offseason, we weren't sure whether or not he was going to make this roster. Um, he did, I'm sorry, they did, Seth Roberts and Julio Scott, and Jalen Smith didn't do enough 
to push himself over the edge there, and that's what it came down to. Although I think he could make the practice squad simply because of his ties to Lamar Jackson and the fact that the Ravens want to develop wide receivers for the first time in years. We'll see what happens with him if he clears waivers. Uh, I think he will clear waivers and maybe end up on the practice squad. You can only put 10 on the practice squad. You can't bring all these guys, but I think Smith might be one of the guys you bring. Uh, moving on, Daryl Williams. They cut the tackle. Daryl Williams, um, former St. Louis Ram, L.A. Ram. Didn't have a very productive time in Baltimore at all. Not much I can say about him. Other than he just was, obviously was not good enough to make this roster. They also cut Isaiah Williams. Don't know much about a lot of these tackles except for a few of them. Isaiah Williams is really no exception here. Um, you know, it's just, it's just wasn't their year. The tackle position, you only really had three spots open for him. Ronnie Stanley takes one, obviously. Orlando Brown takes another, obviously. You're not going to mess with the incumbent starters here because they're just so darn good and promising in, in Orlando Brown, and, and Ronnie Stanley is already a very good tackle. Um, so, I mean, Isaiah Williams came out. Um, I think he played for Maryland. I'm sorry. No, this is the wrong Isaiah Williams here. I'm trying to do a little... little on the, you know me, I do on-the-clock research here as I'm talking. I forget, you know, I'm like, oh, where did he go to school? Let me go check. From Akron, actually, from Akron. Didn't really do enough for the Ravens to really consider keeping him. Maybe he goes to practice squad, maybe he doesn't. Patrick Vahey is a guy I know a little bit more about. Uh, former Texas guard. I did not see him having really any opportunity here to make the roster past week two of the preseason. Didn't really play well enough. Uh, and the Ravens kind of were starting to settle down on the guard position here. Uh, moving on from Alex Lewis, moving on from from, from uh, Jermaine Illuminor. They had Hurst in there, not Hayden Hurst, but James Hurst. Ben Powers they drafted, so he wasn't going to get cut. Um, on the other side, you had Marshall Yonda, and you really only had room for maybe four tackles. I'm sorry, four guards. Uh, and they kept another guard, and that's Patrick McCary. Pat McCary made this roster. Um which is interesting because McCary, he's a guy that a lot of people thought, didn't really think much of heading into training camp. But the past few weeks, we've been hearing a lot about him. And, and the coaching staff obviously liked him. They started him, I think, the entire second half of the final preseason game, wanting to give him that extra reps. And he earned a spot with it. And I have to say, it was very impressive. Um, and, of course, it, it keeps the streak up. Him and Otero Alaka are the undrafted rookies who made this uh, this roster here. Moving on, we have Shane Ray, the edge rusher, outside linebacker uh, from Denver, former first-round pick, and it—I mean, this was this was his chance. I think his probably best best chance he could have been in in the offseason. And I'm not going to say he blew it because it re really wasn't entirely his position to win because the Ravens were were really hoping more from uh, to get more from um, Tim Williams. And uh, the other pass rusher, Tyus Bowser. Uh, and so long as they played well enough, Shane Ray wasn't going to make this roster. That was pretty apparent. Um, but he did not do anything to help himself. In complete reality, not enough pressure in the preseason. Not enough production. I don't even know if he made a single sack. He never stood out to me. Tim Williams and Tyus Bowser consistently stood out. Shane Ray never did. And it's really a shame because as a former first-round pick, you know, you have a little bit more of a high expectation for him coming in, but he can't make the roster, and that's just basically 
I'm not going to say it's going to end his career, but he's not going to have much of a career after this point. Because how many teams are going to go pick up Shane Ray after he couldn't make the Baltimore Ravens roster? When he competed with Tyus Bowser, who hasn't done anything. I mean, no, no offense to Tyus Bowser, but he hasn't done anything since he was brought into the league. Maybe this is his year. It could be, because the Ravens like to develop their guys. Tim Williams hasn't done much. I mean, he had a decent, decent moments last year. Pretty good moments, I should say, last year. But the injuries kind of messed him up. He couldn't get past those guys. And again, I get it. You want to give it to your younger guys who could be around here longer. But Shane Ray, he's not old. I think he's in his 20s. Pernell McPhee made the roster. Pernell McPhee's going to start. Okay? That's my opinion. Pernell McPhee's going to start. Shane Ray didn't even make the roster. So that's a major disappointment for, for Ray and, and his, his agent. And everybody involved there. Major disappointment. Silas Stewart didn't make the roster. I, I talked to him um, before in, in my um, undrafted rookie article. I did back with him and Michael on Woha. None of them made the roster. Woha was cut earlier uh, after he broke his wrist, I believe. But Stewart, I mean, a lot of people think he might be able to make the practice squad. Inside linebacker. Ravens like to develop these guys. It's possible. We'll see if he clears waivers. I think he will. I don't think anybody's going to pick him up. Uh, Matthew Orzek. Long snapper slash tight end. I think he's more of a long snapper or was for the Ravens. You're not going to replace Morgan Cox. There's no reason to right now. He's doing fine. He's not that old anyway. Doesn't need to retire right away. You can find a lot of long snappers. It's not the hardest position in the world. And don't get me wrong. It's a diff- it's a position. Any position in football is difficult. But I would imagine there's a surplus out there of long snappers who can do the job. We, 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 we oftentimes see kickers who can't do the job. It's very rare to see a long snapper problem on a team. It's very rare to have a long snapper deficient team. So when the time comes for Morgan Cox, I mean, maybe it's going to be Ozerek, maybe it's going to be somebody else. Um, but, you know, at least he tried. Maybe to, to find another team soon in the future would be, a, it's a good starting point for him. Uh, Michael Floyd, former Arizona Cardinals receiver, was cut. Not surprising, but Michael Floyd did some nice things this preseason that made me wonder if he could make, make the roster. But at the end of the day, like Jalen Smith, he really didn't have the opportunity to do so because the Ravens didn't have the space for him. Floyd is much older than Scott. He's much older than Seth Roberts. Um, you know, he's a guy that's been around for a while. He's a proven veteran. I'll say that about Michael Floyd. He's a proven veteran. He can do things. But he's bounced around teams for a few years. And to make this roster, the Ravens wanted to find guys they could depend on at wide receiver. And Michael Floyd had some nice moments. But at the end of the day, can you depend on him? He's older, and he's been in trouble before. And I'm not, not saying the Ravens cut him for that, because I think he was outplayed, too, by Jaleel Scott, especially in the last preseason, especially in that last preseason game, where Jaleel Scott basically just had no one able to cover him against the Washington Redskins. He put on a field, field day, field show. So, Michael Floyd couldn't make the roster past him, Seth Roberts, Chris Moore. I mean, Chris Moore had a fantastic preseason. Some people were in doubt he could make the roster at the beginning, but he shut them all up. But Michael Floyd, not able to make the roster, just didn't have the opportunity. If the Ravens were to keep seven wide receivers, he would have made the roster, but they only wanted six, and he didn't make it. Another one to fall victim to the wide receiver uh, surplus for the first time in years is Joe Horn Jr. Made a lot of plays in OTAs, kind of fell off in training camp. He impressed me at some times, at others not so much. I think he could make the practice squad somewhere, whether it's with us or not. Uh, 
you know, son of a former NFL player might have a little bit more leverage than others in these practice squad discussions. Um, but you know, he was always, he was classy to work with. I know he tweeted out like a thank you to the Ravens. Glad he participated for us. I think he had a shot to make the roster at one point, but he kind of lost that shot once Jaleel Scott really cemented his role as a sixth receiver and might even have a bigger role than we think in this offense. Um, Joe Callahan was cut, former Green Bay Packers quarterback, went to Wesley in, 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 uh, Delaware. I mean, hey, the Ravens seem to find these quarterbacks that can do well enough for the preseason here. Joe Callahan was one of them. I mean, he was no um, Josh Woodrum for us, but he was Joe Callahan. He made some plays when it counted in the preseason. I think he did well. Don't know if he'll end up on a practice squad. This might be the end of his career here. Um, you know, obviously the Ravens were going to keep a, a fourth quarterback. If they didn't draft Trace McSorley, he could have made the roster. But Trace took the opportunity and just ran with it. There's no question that Trace had a phenomenal preseason. Callahan really had no chance to make this roster at any point just because of them drafting Trace. That's the sad truth. Uh, Willie Henry got cut. This was surprising because the Ravens yesterday, I was out and about, finalized their 11 picks. Fine. I'm sorry. Cuts. 11 cuts. Fine. Finalize them. Boom. Then all of a sudden... Out of absolutely nowhere. Bing. Phone. Buzzes. Look down. Ravens are cutting Willie Henry. I'm like, what? They're cutting who? Willie Henry? I was shocked. I was flat out shocked that they cut Willie Henry. I didn't know what to say at first. I had no idea. Because I had absolutely no intelligence that they were going to cut Willie Henry. I had nobody saying it to me. No rumors anywhere. Uh, it came out of left field. And now the Ravens actually left with five defensive linemen. Willie Henry is not going to be a free agent for long, I'll tell you that. I mean, look. He was never a great player. But he was a solid player that did things for us that were serviceable. And the Ravens cut him. They flat out said, nope, we're done with you, Willie. I mean, I guess he wasn't up to expectations. He was a former fourth-round pick. Never really hit the exact expectation the Ravens wanted for him. And they had to just... At this point, I guess they just wanted to dump it. Because, I mean, the trenches are, are the big, port, or the big big focus for the Ravens' defense. They want to win in the trenches. Force you to throw in the secondary that you can't throw into. That's what they want to do. And if Willie Henry is not someone that... Coach Harbaugh, DaCosta, Eric DaCosta, GM can't rely on, if he's a guy they can't rely on, then I guess you have to cut him. But I was very surprised by this. I thought he would make the roster as the final D-tackle. I didn't really think there was room or any much of a reason to cut him, but the Ravens wanted to part ties with him, thought he was done for, uh, and it shocked me. It really did, especially because it came after um, the announcement of the of the, the, the releases. They I think they officially waited to, to do that because they wanted to get him on today's waiver wire instead of yesterday, so they had an opportunity to trade him, which they did not. So he, you know, I mean, there are other trades made today, obviously, <laughs> Texans. Um, but Willie Henry was not traded, so the roster spot, um, they couldn't get compensation for him. Um, but it is shocking to me that this happened. I didn't know what to say. I mean, I don't even know. I mean, he's the, he's the headline of this class here, of this cuts class. 
because I really thought he would be on this roster. I didn't consider him at any time to be in jeopardy of losing his spot. But, I mean, hey, he never played exactly what the Ravens wanted for him. I've heard people question his effort, whether or not he gave 100% to the Ravens. I'm not going to sit here and say he didn't, he didn't, or he did, but there were rumors flying around. You know, weight and everything and his level of play, his interest, you know, all that stuff. All that stuff we always talk about. I'm not one to say he didn't. I'm not going to spread these rumors. I'm not going to tell you what to think. But some people were questioning it. Maybe that's what the Ravens were thinking here, too. Or they've got other plans to de-tackle. Don't know who, though, because they cut others. And we'll get to them in a second here. But first, we're going to hit Charles Scarf, the tight end, who I actually almost put on my predictions to make the roster just because I didn't know if the Ravens would really run with three tight ends. But with um, Patrick Ricard in there at fullback as an extra blocker, I, I figured you wouldn't need a tight end to be an extra blocker, an extra tight end as a blocker. So Scarf doesn't make it, but I really, 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 really think he makes a practice squad unless he gets picked off by the waiver wire, uh, which would pretty much be tomorrow, I believe. I think that's when teams can start doing that. Um, it's possible. Who knows? We'll see. I, I hope he makes a practice squad if he's not picked up by another team on waiver wire because I did like what I saw from him. It wasn't that much, but I th it was enough to make me think he had potential. Uh, moving on here, we got Zach Seiler. This is a bit more... Interesting of a, of a cut than others here. Zach Seiler, Ferris State, last year's 7th round draft pick. Defensive lineman, another one gone. Another draft pick out the door for Baltimore. What happened here with Seiler? Didn't produce. Plain and simple. How many times have you heard Zach Seiler's name this preseason? Honestly. When you're watching the preseason games, all four of them, how many times did you hear the announcer go, Zach Seiler with the big tackle. Zach Seiler breaking in. Zach Seiler with the sack. Zach Seiler with the tackle for loss. Zach Seiler strips the ball. Or Zach Seiler at all. I don't recall hearing his name at all. And the reason for that is he wasn't producing plays. And, you know, 7th round draft pick, you don't hit very often in the 7th round. I get it. We don't hit here with Zach Seiler last year. But, I mean, I was really on the fence whether he's going to make this roster. I don't even remember what I predicted. I think I predicted him to be on the roster. I was very much on the fence. But, I mean, here it is. He didn't make it. And this is more surprising because once I said Willie Henry was not coming back, I thought, okay, well, it's either Siler or it's Gerald Willis coming back. And this is one of the guys I told you they cut afterwards that made me think, why, why are we keeping five guys? And obviously, now you know Gerald Willis didn't get, make it, but... We'll talk about him. We're going chronologically here, as it was announced. So Silo doesn't make it more surprising, um, I think, than not, only because of the circumstances with Willie Henry. If, if it was reversed, if you told me that Siler got cut before and it didn't say anything about Willie Henry, I would have I would have been like, oh, yeah, I, I could have seen that coming. I got it. But after Willie Henry, it was, it was more of a surprise. Uh, Donald Payne, the inside linebacker, got cut. No surprise here. I mean, he didn't do very much this preseason. He did some special teams things that I think the Ravens had some value for him at. But with Justin Bethel at this roster, um, you know, and, and Brendan Trawick uh, producing and, and competing as well, um, it was going to be difficult for Payne to make the roster as a special teams player alone. Not able to do it in the end. 
Uh, it's not too surprising either because the Ravens did keep another inside linebacker in Otero Alaka undrafted. Um, but Payne, I think, could be a practice squad guy, although I'm not sure whether or not the Ravens are going to go that route. Um, Bennett Jackson didn't make the roster. That's no surprise there. He's been around a little bit. I think he was on the Giants at one point. Um, but Bennett Jackson, I mean, he's a guy the Ravens had, I think, two off-seasons in a row. And you knew he wasn't going to make the roster. You, you, you had... Um, you have the most stacked secondary in the league. Even without Tavon Young, I think it's still a stacked secondary. For him to make the roster, he would have had to play lights out and beat somebody else out, which, I mean, it wasn't going to happen, let's be real. Um, so, I mean, maybe he did enough to be picked up by somebody else. I don't think he's practice squad eligible anymore. So he'll have to wait until another team opts to take him in free agency. He's not on the waiver wire, I don't believe, because he is more of a veteran than these other guys. Uh, next cut is Marcus Applefield, offensive lineman from Virginia. Not surprising. Applefield didn't do enough at all at the offensive line to really make the Ravens want to keep him. That's really it. I mean, RJ Prince also got cut. He's a guy I think that some people are projecting to go in the practice squad. RJ Prince, former uh, Pittsburgh Steeler. I think he played for UNC. Don't hold me on that, but I'm pretty sure he did. But, I mean, Prince... You know, he could make the practice squad. He might not. I mean, he definitely has a better chance than Marcus Applefield because Applefield didn't do anything this preseason that made me go, wow, you know, Marcus Applefield. Gotta keep him. Nah, didn't do that. RJ Prince has a little more value than Applefield, I think, especially with the experience behind Prince. Um, so the Ravens might keep him on the practice team. We'll see. Uh, Delance Turner got cut. And look, I feel bad for Delance because he, this is his second year trying out for the Ravens. Didn't make it last year. Got brought up at some point off the practice squad, but watching him in the preseason, you know Delance Turner is special. I mean, I honestly think that he can make it roster in this in this or in this um, league. I think he's going to get picked up off of waivers. Watch out for the Texans because the Texans are going to come looking for another running back. They just traded for Carlos Hyde. They're going to look for for Delance Turner here. I wholeheartedly believe. He might end up in the Texans or some other roster because he impresses me. Every time he's out on the field, he always, always, always fights hard for those yards. And he's always breaking runs. But on a team with three running backs that are way above, not way above him, but they're above him, um, wasn't going to happen. And they weren't, I mean, even if they, they did keep a fourth running back, Kenneth Dixon was there, you know, um, who's not there now, but. You know, we'll talk about it in a second. But Delance Turner really didn't have an opportunity to make this roster. More of a tryout for other teams or practice squad. Again, I think if he's eligible. Um, the Ravens would love to have him back on the practice squad, I think. But he's got to clear waivers first, which I am not confident he can do. Which, honestly, if he doesn't clear waivers, good for him because I want him to get on a team because I really like him as a running back. I really do. I think he's a good running back. But he's not going to get, you know, a lot of time with the Ravens here. If he sticks around, and it's on the practice squad. Uh, Aaron Adoye is cut linebacker. Don't know much about him, in all honesty. Didn't stand out in the preseason. Um, not much there. EJ Ajaya, I think he's from, like, North Texas or something. Didn't do very well in the preseason. Didn't stand out. Gerald Willis, defensive tackle. This is the other defensive tackle that got cut that kind of surprised me after um, Willie Henry was cut. So, the prevailing thought was they were going to keep either Siler or Willis. And then they cut Siler, and Willis is there. And I'm like, okay, well, Willis didn't do anything this preseason. 
overhyped all offseason because of he should have been a third round pick at first, then he failed to undrafted. Obviously, you see why he gets cut because he didn't do anything. And after Willie Henry didn't make the team, after Zach Siler didn't make the team, the assumption was that, oh, wow, Willis must have made the team. Eh, wrong. Willis didn't make the team. He didn't play well enough to make the team. In fact, he never played well enough to make the team, which is what made the cut of Siler and Willie Henry even more shocking. Because now they've only got five defensive tackles. And one of them is Pat Ricard, who plays fullback too. So you can't use him every single play. You're going to wear him out. So now you've got like this weird situation where we're probably going to add a defensive lineman somewhere. Maybe it's Willis at some point. Maybe it's Willie Henry even does get picked up. Who knows? But running with five defensive t- linemen is kind of weird. In all honesty, it's, it's kind of weird. Um, we'll see what the Ravens do here on out with that. Now, they also cut Terrell Bonds, cornerback. Not much I can say about him. Didn't stand out, and stand out enough for me to really take notice of him this preseason, although I looked for him. Not really surprising. Uh, Antoine Wesley got cut. This is a guy who was competing very hard at one point with Jaleel Scott for the wide receiver, six wide receiver position. And, and right before the preseason started, before that game against the Packers, um, I'm sorry, against the Jaguars and the Packers, um, that first half of the preseason, it was really a very close battle between the two. And then I said, when going into the Packers game, if Wesley doesn't even the score here, he's going to get burned by Scott. And he kind of did even the score a little bit. I think he had to catch that game. But it was apparent that he was just not on getting the targets he needed. And there's a reason for that by Trace and then Joe Callahan. Um, and Jaleel was. And Jaleel, especially in that last preseason game, blew the doors off the comp. I mean, they, by preseason game four, Wesley was more out of the conversation, was more around Jaleel Scott, and he just confirmed it. Wesley didn't do enough to beat Jaleel Scott. I mean, maybe it's not all Wesley's fault. They didn't get a lot of, of touches. I could see him as a practice squad guy because of his initial um, initial impression in Baltimore. But obviously, Jaleel Scott pulled way ahead of, of, of um, Antoine Wesley here and ended the, the conversation really before it could turn towards his favor. So... Uh, Sean Monster also got cut. The guy that some people I talked to thought he could make um, the team as a slot receiver at one point, but towards the end of the preseason, it became more and more apparent that Monster wasn't going to make the team. You know, um, the Ravens didn't really need a slot receiver. He he was okay. He wasn't ever that great. Um, but you know, they did they did like him. Um, for a while, and it, it just wasn't meant to be, though, with Monster. Um, in the end, they, they couldn't keep seven wide receivers, even if they tried. Cole Herdman got cut tight end, didn't think he was going to make the roster, although they could have taken another tight end. Um, he's out of Iowa, I believe. Um, looking at the next cut, Cameron Nizialik, punter. I'm surprised they waited this long to let Nizialik go. They waited to the second day, late in the second day. This is the 27th cut and counting here. Not much chance for Nizialik. He can't take over Sam Cook's job when Sam Cook is the undisputed starter. If they were going to get rid of Sam Cook, they would have gotten rid of him for Kerry Vedvik, which they did not. So obviously Nizialik was not going to make this roster. Don't know why they didn't cut him yesterday. I guess I don't know. 
Maybe they had some conversation with him about practice squad. I don't know. But he's got to clear waivers. I think he'll clear waivers. Not a lot of teams need a punter. More more teams need a kicker than punter right now. Uh, Christopher Azella, fullback, didn't make the roster. Obviously, Pat Ricard knocked that door down for himself in the fullback position. Tyler Irvin did not make the roster. He's the 29th cut here. Running back slash return specialist. Got beat out pretty good by Cyrus Jones. Jones pretty much dominated um, as a cornerback. Not the return specialist game as a cornerback. And that's what kind of pushed um, Tyler Irvin away. It's the dual threat for, for Jones as a corner slash return man. There was more value for him. If Irvin made the team, they wouldn't be able to use him as much as a running back as they would um, Cyrus Jones as a cornerback with Tavon Young gone. So they knew Tavon, uh, since Tavon was gone, they were going to have to keep Cyrus Jones to fill in that role. And the fact that he could play return specialist too pretty much sealed the deal at that point for Tyler Irvin not making it. He would have had to beat him outright, or, you know, Cyrus Jones would have had to have been proved, proven inept, which he was not. Obviously, he did well last year at the return specialist position. So Irvin really didn't have an opportunity, you know, so long as he didn't flat out dominate, which he did never, he never dominated it. So it's not really, I mean, he could make another team's return specialist roster position, but not for the Ravens because they've got their guy in Cyrus Jones. Um, Stanley Jean-Baptiste didn't make it. He got cut. There was some talk about maybe putting him on the IR, but they didn't want to use that slot for him. I get it. I mean, he's he gets hurt a lot. Last year, he was with us. Looks pretty good. Thought he was going to make the roster, and then bam, got hurt. Now, here we go. Bam, got hurt again. Out the window for Stanley Jean-Baptiste, who I, I really admire for trying a lot, in all honesty. He tried very hard to make this roster. Um, two years running. Kind of made it last year with the IR. Couldn't make it this year with the crowded field. Uh, Brendan Trawick got cut. He's a guy I thought would make the roster. Defensive back slash special teams player. Got a lot of snaps. Now, here's the prevailing thought with Trawick, though. Jeff Zrebiak of The Athletic, who I totally recommend you follow his work. I mean, he's, you know, I don't like to really say that someone's, you know, better at covering the Ravens than me, but he's better at covering the Ravens than me. Jeff Zrebiak is an insider for the Ravens. He's always got the scoop. I mean, he, he's there. He's a he's a big-time Source. He's he's the source for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, so he he's basically saying that the theory is the expectation, I should say, not theory, expectation, is that Brendan Trowick will be signed either Sunday or Monday back to the roster. Now this, you might be asking, so why didn't he just make the roster outright? The idea is the Ravens want to get. Eamon Marshall, the guy they just drafted out of USC, the fifth-round cornerback, onto the IR because he's going to be out for a while. Now, here's the deal, though. The the injury, which I think is still undisclosed, is not going to last Marshall, they believe, the entire season. If they put him on IR before cuts, before cuts were finalized, he's out for the season. He's ruled out for the season no matter what. But if he can come back, you got to keep him on the active roster to start. And the thought was maybe they'd do this to Tavon Young if it wasn't season-ending. As you'll hear in a second here, he's on the IR right now, so obviously that didn't happen. But they, the reason they would have cut Trawick and not another player is because Trawick is not going to waivers. He can sign with whoever he wants. If Eric DaCosta sat him down and said, look, we got to get your teammate, Emin Marshall, to the IR, but we can't do it right now because he's not going to be able to come back. He, we're going to pay you an extra X amount of dollars because we have a lot of cap space this year. If you come back and sign with us for a better deal, 
We're going to cut you right now, but on Monday, we're going to call you up and give you a new deal. It's going to be more money because it's, you know, I hope it's more money for him because it's kind of a stupid thing not to pay him a little bit more money to do. We can sign somewhere else. We're going to pay you more money to come back to Baltimore and be a special teams gunner slash defensive back. This is what they did to Justin Forsett a couple years ago, 2016. You'll remember Justin Forsett got cut. Ravens world went mad. What is going on? And then he gets brought back a couple days later because Ozzy got somebody on the IR. It's a page out of Ozzy's playbook. Eric DaCosta is just going to do it with Charlwick, it sounds like. Which I'm happy about because I like Charlwick and what he brings to the Ravens as a defensive back and special teamer. He played better than a defensive back than I thought he was going to play. And, of course, that special team's value for the Ravens is tremendous. Uh, Last cut to talk about, Maurice Kennedy did not make the roster. Saw this one coming. Mo Kennedy, I mean, I thought he could always do something for the Ravens. But year after year, it didn't really pan out for him. He never really took the step that we were all hoping for uh, him to take. Never took it. This is the year he finally doesn't make the roster. And he didn't look good at all in the preseason. Always kept getting beat. It just felt like time to move on from Kennedy. Who, I mean, there were times the Ravens flock had a lot of lot of expectations for. And maybe it was too much because he was, I think, a low-round pick. I don't remember if he was undrafted or a low-round pick. But I think it was a low-round pick. Maybe it was too high of expectations for Kennedy. But he did show flashes at the time. But, you know, never could develop into the guy the Ravens wanted him to be that concludes all the cuts we went through all 32 cuts um, five players went to the the injured reserve to make the 37 roster moves the Ravens needed to make uh, first off is Kenneth Dixon I didn't wasn't even sure that I didn't even know Kenneth Dixon was injured until he got put on the IR I mean it's Kenneth Dixon he gets injured like after every fourth plays on the field fifth plays on the field so like I mean, he got injured, I think, against the Jaguars, if I remember correctly, the Packers, and then the Redskins. And then he came back, I think, in all those games. But still, he something happened to him, I think, in that Redskins game. He went back in, but it was the Ravens probably didn't want to give him up. This is probably an IR stash, essentially. They weren't going to keep him, but they have an out, and that's the out. Uh, same thing they did to um, Chilla Scott last year. Tavon Young got put on the injury reserve. Obviously, the neck injury, super scary stuff. He's going to be okay, though, but it's season en- it's season ending. Fish Smithson got put on the IR. I didn't expect this to happen. I didn't know he was injured. Got signed for the last game. I mean, the Ravens must like him a little bit to use an IR spot for him, um, but he only played one game for the Baltimore Ravens in this preseason. Rending Cresselius, offensive tackle. I think he was an undrafted free agent last year. Came back this year for the Ravens. Um, put on IR here. Don't know what his injury is. And Alvin Jones also put on IR. Not sure if he's being IR stashed or what. I wasn't sure if he was injured, but I mean, he wasn't going to make the team, I think. It was kind of apparent towards the last preseason game, but they put him on the IR, which is kind of interesting. They could bring him back next year. And that concludes all 37 moves to the Baltimore Ravens. Again, they're probably going to make a move on Sunday or Monday regarding Brendan Trowick, bringing him back uh, and putting Biggie Marshall on the IR and that's all we're going to talk about this week because this is really the only news that matters right now the Ravens are going to head into Miami next week but we have Nest Talk on Friday next week and we'll talk about that game right there Ryan Fitzpatrick declared the starter over Josh Rosen and today they also traded Laramie Tunsil and Kenny Stills to the Houston Texans this is perhaps the most um, talentless offense talentless Defense, talentless, special teams, talentless roster 
in the entire NFL, maybe in NFL history, if the Ravens don't win, uh, we might have a bigger problem on our hands. Um, so we'll be back on Friday to talk about any new developments the Ravens go through, whether or not the Brendan Trowick stuff happens, and look ahead to the matchup against Miami. Find that on Friday of this upcoming week. You can find me at Chris Fun on Twitter. You can follow the Baltimore Feather at More Feather on Twitter or Nest Talk at Nest Talk on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. And, of course, if you're listening on iTunes, subscribe. Rate us there. It helps a lot. And if you're listening on YouTube, like the video. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Get all your stuff when it comes out. This is Chris Linfont signing out from the Baltimore Feather and the Nest Talk podcast. Have a great week. We will see you on Friday.